episode 10. Welcome, all my friends. Happy Friday. Here we go. Let's do it. Once again, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Wolfpack Podcast. My name is Tyler Wolf, and this is my show. This is where I share resources. Why do I share resources? Because I love it when people share them with me. So I'm just speaking my own language here. Today on the Wolfpack Podcast, episode 10. A uh, couple things. Uh, a lot of podcasts lately, but I'm going to share with you about a book that I read, a podcast episode that was actually shared with me, and now I want to share it with you, and uh, I want to tell you a story about a time that I was uh, beat up in my own home. At my church, we're doing this discipleship track called Pathway, and right now the church is focusing on building a discipline of prayer, and I had someone come and recommend to me this prayer journal that they bought, and I said, I've never tried a prayer journal, so I bought one. Okay, bought this prayer journal off the internet. And uh, the website didn't look super legit, but I was like, whatever, let's try this thing out. So I buy this prayer journal, and it shows up in the mail, and it's actually pretty cool. But you know how in books they will have uh, other work that the author has written? Well, this guy had on a piece of computer paper folded up inside of this book, he said, check out these other books that I've written other than this this prayer journal that he put together. And it is just the craziest thing cuz it it was so this guy who put together a prayer journal also wrote also wrote a book on how to be a great landlord. And he also wrote a book on um how to make a million dollars, I think. But then he also wrote a book on how to count cards in blackjack. He wrote a book on a no-fail system for craps when you're at the casino. Very strange. Very strange uh, work, arc of work, Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What I think probably happened was he saw an opportunity. He's like, saw a prayer journal at his grandma's house or something like that. He's like, dude, people will buy that stuff. And so he just wrote some words on a page and then left you, you know, a bunch of open space to write down your prayers. Either way, I'm going to use it no matter what the guy writes. Okay, today's resources. A book that I read. Uh, There is a guy called Rich Wilkerson Jr. who's a pastor in Miami. And he wrote a book a few years ago called Friend of Sinners. And I recommend it to you. You know, I don't mean this in a... How do I want to say? I don't want to sound self-righteous. When pastors of large churches come out with books, I don't usually read them. I think, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with them. I just don't really get into them. It's usually they converted sermons into chapters of a book and now are calling themselves authors. I'm being judgmental. I apologize. But either way, they're good, but I don't usually read them. But uh, this one has been on my list. I've been just kind of drawn to it. I do like Rich Wilkerson Jr. So I bought Friend of Sinners, and it's awesome. It was an awesome break from what I normally read, things like uh, James K. Smith and Dallas Willard and... Paul David Tripp, things like that. And this was, he was really creative, and but also very simple in the way that he presented the gospel. So I recommend Rich Wilkerson Jr.'s Friend 
of Sinners. Next, a podcast, a specific episode. Um, shout out to Blake McCarty, uh, my number one naysayer, but also now a contributor. He recommended this podcast episode to me. The podcast is called Breakpoint, and it was on porn reform. And so I won't, I mean, there's a bunch of geniuses on this podcast, so I'm not going to reteach it. But essentially, there's a guy on there who was writing letters to the government about the negative effects of pornography on our brains and ultimately on society. And he's trying to um, actually make some headway there. And I do think it's a really, obviously, a really damaging thing for people to get involved in, especially children. We don't know how this is going to end up for our brains and for society, like I said. So listen to that podcast. I will link to that book and that podcast in the description. Uh, yeah, I think that stuff's way too accessible. Uh, makes me scared to have children in this world uh, for how easy it is to find things even on accident. Um, yeah, too easy. I had an idea about what if... Now, this is a separate idea so forgive me for being scattered but I had an idea what if people in recovery like myself could request a state issued ID like a special ID that had a maybe it was a different color or a special watermark on it that um you could you can't sell these people with this ID you can't sell them alcohol wouldn't that be awesome uh I'm sure people smarter than me that know the law more than me could think of maybe why that's not a good idea but as far as i could see it i would love it if i had an id that even if i were carted at a liquor store um they would look at me like yeah no we can't do that uh maybe they could um mandate that for people that keep on getting in trouble with alcohol and maybe you could get it upon request just as an extra layer of accountability if you know who in the government i should write a letter to to get the ball rolling on that thing please let me know because that's not my world. I just think it's a good idea. And even if it were just for me in the meantime, I'll just put a sticky note on my forehead that says, don't sell me booze. Don't do it. So it was <clears throat> as many of my stories. It was over 10 years ago. I was living in Southern South central Wisconsin. And, uh, my roommate said they were going to be home at a certain time, and uh, no big deal. They're just running late. Well, a few hours go by, and I'm getting actually pretty concerned for this person. And so uh, I was sitting in my living room waiting up for them. You know, I was just thinking, I wonder if they're okay. And I fall asleep on the couch. And at about 2 in the morning, I hear a knock-knock on my front door. And I'm thinking, well, my roommate must be home and they just forgot their keys or something. And we had this three season room, I think you call it, like a little closed in porch that has a door on it. And you walk in there and then you walk into another door to get into the house. And the person knocking on the door was inside of the porch. They're in the house now because the front door was unlocked. And so I open the door, and it's not my roommate standing there, but it's like this 40-year-old guy. He's sweating, and he's out of breath, and he goes, Dude, the cops are running a parameter on my house, on, on, on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have, they have 
shut down streets around the neighborhood trying to block this guy in. So he's being chased by the cops. And he's like, you got to let me come inside. And you know what I said? You came to the right place, buddy. Come on in. So he comes into the house. And, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, man, sit down. I get him something to drink, whatever. And I'm like, um, why are you being chased by the cops, if you don't mind me asking? And he looks at me and he says, one of the craziest things I've ever heard. And the thing that should have made me ask him to leave, he goes, because I got 40 wives, man. I said, you got 40 wives? And I chose not to interrogate. I was like, I, I don't know what you mean, uh, but you're, you're, you're safe and sound in the, uh, in the wolf house, bud. And uh, so we're sitting there, and we're talking and whatever. And, uh, you know, I'm not exactly in the right state of mind. But he starts telling me stories. He starts to, he's in all, he's in a gang, you know what I'm saying? So he's telling me all these gang stories. And, uh, and then we're, we're talking about other stuff. And then he goes back and he tells me he's in another gang. So he's in these two very different types of gangs. Um, and I'm like, dude, this is the craziest thing. I, I now, I, I, even as a drug addict at the time, I'm starting to get frightened. And when, when I would start to get frightened, you know, things are getting wrong because, uh, I don't know. I just wasn't, I just, that sort of stuff, it's hard, it was hard to shock me at the time. So, I'm like, all right, man, well, uh, you know, that's cool. Maybe do your best to not kill me, if you don't mind. I fall asleep on the couch. He falls asleep in the chair. I wake up at, I don't know, 6, maybe 5.30 or 6 in the morning, and I got to be to work at 6.30 and now I have a stranger in my home. And so I, he's, he's asleep. And I'm definitely not leaving him there by himself. And so I'm, I like, I shake his shoulder. I say, hey, buddy, you gotta, you gotta go. You gotta get out of here. And he's like speaking through his sleep. And he's like, ah, no, just let me sleep. I said, no, you gotta go, dude. Get out. Please leave. And he says, uh, no, man, just let me sleep. Leave me alone. The cops are going to arrest me, whatever. I said, dude, listen, it's been hours. There's no cops outside. You need to get out of my house right now. And uh, the look in this dude's eyes, I will never forget because he stands up and he said, leave me alone. And then he proceeded to beat the crap out of me. He starts, he just sucker punches me. Okay, so now I just got no, I mean, there's just no way I'm winning a fight after this dude rings my bell. Like, I can't even think straight. And I go into the kitchen, and he grabs me by the shirt, and he pushes me, and I hit the, I hit the fridge, and the fridge just slides. And then, you know the rest, he's kicking me, punching me. I mean, so I'm just getting kicked in the face, punched in the head, kicked in the stomach, um, and then he goes over and he flips my table over, which was covered in like fast food garbage and liquor bottles and everything just goes flying. And I know what you're thinking, rock bottom, right? Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and then he pulls a knife on me and, uh, he said, next time I'm going to kill you. And I looked at him and I said, there's not going to be a next time. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. But honestly, what did he think there was going to be a next time? Like, hey, you can come back, okay? But do, do please, 
Please do your best, sir, to not beat me up. I would appreciate it. Thank you. I would appreciate it. And then he left. And I went to work. And when I saw my roommate again, I said, and this is what happens when you come home late. This has been episode 10 of the Wolfpack Podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Oh, I forgot. You know, I realize I've been calling this episode 10, which is not accurate. Thank you for listening to episode 9 of the Wolfpack Podcast. Ah! Ah!